How do I say goodbye to what we had? The good time that made us laugh, I'm waiting back. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. Wake up, wake up, 502. What's going down? It's your boy Rashawn Myers here. Joined as always by my esteemed colleagues, the great one himself, Mr. H to the Izzo. Haven Harrington. Haven, how are you doing this morning? Ah, doing good. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And as well, joined via satellite, the man, the myth, the legend, at that boy's good. Joe Kelly. Joe, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, gentlemen. We got a noon tip-off, so let's get this season over with. Yeah, this this show is all about endings. It is the end of the regular season, and my guess is the end of the complete season will happen very soon, very early next week. So by now, by the time we next speak, there could be a whole lot different, and we're going to get into that and much, much more. Um, I'm going to give a public service announcement, as you guys know, may have noticed. I, I, I ran an extra bank of commercials uh, to get the things going, just to get everybody situated. And I don't know, who, like the, the city planning or, or whoever decided that they were going to have, like, I don't know if it's a walk run, a marathon, something going on. Uh, in downtown Louisville, the same day that Louisville's going to have their last game of the regular season, um, it's going to be a complete and total train wreck downtown. So if you're going downtown, if you are going uh, to senior day activities or if you're going to support L and come out for the big-time football recruits that are in town, just be warned um, that you're going to want to leave out extra early because I, I don't know – how the parking situation is going to work. I don't know how um, anything is going to happen downtown, but it's a complete, like it's only uh, nine o'clock in the morning and it's a complete mess downtown. So I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like by the time actual activities start downtown. Like it's going to be a mess. So just be warned that anybody going to the game today, uh, get out early um, and figure out your parking situations. Cause it's going to be a mess. I saved Haven Harrington from the, the ridiculousness because I was stuck in the ridiculousness. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was like, Haven, whatever you do, just don't try to go over the Second Street Bridge. Like, today it is definitely not, you, know, you can't even get over there. So, to say it's not worth it is, not, you know, that's, 
<laughs> goes without saying. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, so we're dealing with that, but we do have so much to get into. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, with this being the the end of the regular season, I think that uh, just to kind of look at what's happened and show a little bit of appreciation um, for uh, Mike Pegues. I kind of hinted it on Twitter um, that, you know, I, I think that there should be a lot of appreciation done for him, even if you are upset, angry, and frustrated about um, the job that's been done. Um, I, I would say that this season was lost well before Mike uh, took over as the head man. Um, I, I think the die had been cast um, just because I, I I feel like it was already destined to be doomed <laughs> from the beginning of the season, from, from, from before anything ever got started. But um, I did want to um, just kind of start out the show, and, and you guys can, can chime in as well. Of course, if you want to get in, 414-1450, the Thornton's text line. We'd love to hear your thoughts there. 384-1450 is the, uh, uh, the Wake Up 502 buzz line if you want to give a call in and give your thoughts on uh, Coach Pegues, on any of the seniors, even though most of the seniors were transfers and only been here for a year. And Malik Williams, a guy who got suspended before his last game of the season, but he is still going to start as a senior. <laughs> uh, th- th- what do you think about that? I, I guess before we get into uh, Coach Mike and uh, his contributions, what do you all think about that? The fact that it was M- Malik must have done something bad enough to get suspended again, which is horrible considering he just had a two-game suspension, what, two weeks ago. Like, I don't know what you do to get suspended again after you've been given that chance, after you had already – like, people forget, Malik Williams didn't start the first game of the regular season. Sidney Curry actually started the very first game of the regular season because they didn't think Malik was giving the right type of effort. Do you remember that? Like, the the very very first game of the year. A lot of people forget about that. But this was like Malik's third suspension. He has a team captain. (laughs) I I just wonder – what I mean, he could have done. I mean, honestly, at this point, that's like, so crazy. Does it really matter? I mean, I mean it, like, it does because, like, I mean, honestly, does it really? I mean, honestly, like, it, like, 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 does it? I mean, not on the season, it doesn't matter, but I'm just talk, talking about for him. Like, even when you have bad years, like, Louisville fans wrap their arms around guys that play at UofL, even if they don't have successful teams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, dude has just really just done everything he can to just. I mean, you know, it, it, at this point, that's it, unfortunate. It, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. He'll maybe he'll still be there, and they'll re- come out with his photo, his jersey, and his mom and parents next to him, and then he'll be in plain clothes and can watch the game. Well, no, he's going to play. He's going to start. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like oh. he got suspended. Even better. And and he I got mean, suspended for for the last game, the game on the road at Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. So he didn't play the last game I at, mean, on Tuesday, but he's still going to start and play today. I mean, it, that's weird. I mean, it just, I mean, what the way the season's going, like, doesn't really matter. I mean, at this point, kind of <laughs> like, whatever, you know, just have fun. Just, it's just. Just roll the ball out there and just, hey, you guys just do what you do best. Let, let me ask you Shoot something. Is it just, this is just another example this season, though, of what in the hell? Like, what was the point of suspending him for that game if you're going to let him come back for <laughs> Right. Like, what was the point? That's. I mean, that's what, my point. What did, you, what did you? What did this uh, suspension accomplish? Like, if you were gonna let him have his senior day, what could the man, the boy, have possibly done to make you be like, "Don't bother making this trip. If you will just go over there, like, man, we gave him a Chris Mack buyout. 
We were like, just go away. Go away. I mean, that's what I'm don't, saying, Joe. Like, I mean, I don't know what he could have done. What could he have done so bad to be suspended and might not make the trip, but then turn around and decide you're going to start him on senior day? Like, I mean, you know, it, it, that it's is just, crazy. It's, you know, it's just par for the course for the whole season. I mean, like, every game we've had, like, a mystery suspension. Like, every game, you come, come game day, we find out that Sidney Curry's not playing today. Why? We don't know why. He's just not playing today. Noah Locke's not playing today. Why? We don't know why. He's just not playing today. You know, it's like every game is like somebody else is like, I don't know, it's like some super secret double suspension type thing. Like you don't know who's going to play from week to week. It's just like, yeah, whatever. So, you know. If, if, you, if it was bad enough that he wasn't going to make that trip, then it should have been bad enough to just say, you know what, Malik's not even going to come out for senior day. But, but if you were going to start him senior day, he should have played the last game. It doesn't matter. Because it just – well, it does matter. It, 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 it really? It, yes, absolutely. And, and, See, and, because – no, because <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you why it does matter. Tell me why. Because it makes everything worse. See, this is, this is the problem. How can it get worse? It, it, because it makes you look incompetent. How, how could you look more incompetent? Like everybody in ACC knows – this is an it's, it's, squad. it's not about the team, but see, the, it's optics to it. It's just like we talk about, you know, coming off of the Rick Patino stuff. Louisville couldn't have a, a jaywalking ticket. Um, it's it's the fact that Coach Mack doesn't have an HR representative in the room, so you go with eight game suspension or whatever. Like Louisville has found a way to make things worse. It's 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 a problem because it is just more of the same that they can't. Even when it's not somebody else doing it, we're making ourselves look worse. Like, to me, it makes everybody look worse, the fact that he did not play and travel to Blacksburg, but then he's going to start and play today. It, I mean, it can definitely make things worse. Honestly, at this point... It, it, I mean, even direction this, from leadership, like, because because this is something where even guys like Josh Harrod need to be able to step in, and if they were thinking about doing the suspension thing, this is something that I feel they should have thought, talked about as an athletic department. What do we want to do to put ourselves in the best light? Because moving forward with the decisions that are going to make or break the Universal, uh, University of Louisville basketball program after this week, these are the same people that are going to be helping to make those decisions. And when you can't get these decisions right, that's a problem because it does make things work. That's why it matters. Man, look. Go ahead, Joe. The, the whole, the whole suspension thing to me, just, it it kind of shakes out the way when you're, you're you're. It's like a kid whose whose mom tells him, "No, you can't go do this." So then he talks to dad, and dad's like, "Look, you just just play it cool. You'll be fine by Friday. You'll get to go out. Don't worry about it. You know, just just chill, man." Like, I just I don't understand what message are you trying to send to the team? What message are you? Why are you still trying to send messages to Malik? I mean, at this point, the man is 37. He's 37 years old. There's, at that point, three games left in the season, realistically. You got two regular season games and one tournament. You know, you got to make a tournament appearance. They they, they got to let you come to the party. Uh, but they'll, they'll be done quickly. I mean, you could have even had him just travel with the team and sit on the bench, even if he didn't play and you wanted to go with the double secret suspension. He could have sat on the bench and, you know, dressed, traveled with the team and just didn't play and just said, you know what, it was a coach decision. We decided to go with the younger guys. And everybody could have understood it. Then Malik could have came out, started his senior day because he's a senior, and nobody would have had any issue or question. Like, I mean, that, that, that's my that's, point. 
This is par for the course for the season. It's weird. No, this is par for the course. The whole season's been this way. <laughs> like, this has literally been our entire basketball season. Do you fellas feel like we're, like, in the Twilight Zone? Like, this is one of those, like, Rod Serling episodes where <laughs> the whole world is upside down and backwards. Like, I mean, how many times have I said this year that it feels like the University of Louisville Athletic Department just continuously reinvents the wheel of stupid so we can run ourselves over with it? And it's almost like Pagese heard that and said, man, I'm really going to screw with Joe this week. Because <laughs> I, I cannot wrap my head around why on earth did you suspend him on Tuesday? But he's going to play on Saturday. I mean, outside of just being in practice saying, yo, mama, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of what could have happened. Like, what what goes down where, Pegui, where Mike Pegue says in his brain, and this makes sense, well, he can't play against Virginia Tech, but, you know, I mean, he has been here for 25 years, so we got to give him a senior day. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... There's no 3D... I don't think he's playing 3D chess on us. Like, this is seriously a move that Pegues has made where I'm like, yeah, I got nothing now. Only thing I can say is what Haven just said. Have you watched this season? Of course nothing makes sense. It's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's just par for the course. It's like, it's like the Bad News Bears. You know, with the strip club uh, sponsor on, on the uniforms, man. It, it is what it is. It's he goes bail bonds, baby. That's right. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, it just I mean, just but but it fits so perfectly with this season. Yeah, see, I, I think that's what you're missing. Like this just encapsulates the entire season, like right here. It's yes. like like nothing makes sense. Guys are spinning for no apparent reason. The team still jacks up threes like they're Golden State. Like <laughs> you know, it, it, like like, <laughs> not, like like nothing about this season makes any sense. Like you're starting guys that you know should never be starting, but they still. Managed to start all season anyway. I, you know, your coach quits midway through the season. Literally, just quits on you. Like, yeah, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm out. I'm I mean, going to LA. For yeah, ball, <laughs> yeah, deuces. Thanks for the check, too, dummies. Tell some skyline. You know, chill. you know something funny that something funny that I saw on Twitter that I absolutely agree with. Somebody, you know, was just basically like, you know that cabbage head Chris Mack is sitting back thinking that, that Louisville's woes this year somehow make him look justified and like, well, maybe it wasn't just all Mack. No, nah, man, you quit on this team. This is your fault. Like, we got skunked by Virginia Tech by 30 for the first loss in what? To Virginia Tech since the 70s? <laughs> yeah, just about. Since Mac the conference days. Yeah, it was, it's, it's 90, man, 91, but it might as well have been the 70. <laughs> Man, he left. He left the kind of stink on your program that like you just can't wash off in a season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it is it is it is definitely laid at the at the feet of Coach Mack, and that's why I said with Coach Pegues, this is this is kind of like the uh, Coach Mike Pegues, um Appreciation Day because this is effectively going to be the last Saturday of of his association with the University of Louisville, and his contributions cannot go understated because the mess that he inherited and had to navigate through and how he did it um, is important. 
Mm. You know, and, and when I look at him and I look at a lot of the guys that have come through the University of Louisville, the one thing that I will say about Mike Pegues, um, uh, you know, had no, having nothing to do with his coaching acumen or, or what he needs to do to learn more as a head coach, the way he carried himself and the way he represented the University of Louisville was the way I want any coach moving forward to handle things. He said everything the right way. He was very clear. He was very honest. Um, and he was very forthright. And he represented that name on the front of the jersey the way it's supposed to. And, and, and that is something that I will appreciate, especially under the circumstances. And I think that that's something for those young men that he went out there and led even – and he said it to, about Malik. He said, maybe Malik doesn't understand why I did it, or maybe it's not going to be something that resonates with him right now, but it's something that maybe he'll figure <laughs> out down the road. You know, I mean, and, and I think that – it's that unenviable situation where, you know what, I'm going to play it to the end of the day and I'm going to go ahead and go out there and be consistent to the end of the day because I need to show you how you need to conduct yourself in life moving forward. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that's, that's the way Mike Pickey's handled it. And even though he, he admittedly said, you know what, I've not, not been a head coach before. I'm still learning. I still have a lot to learn. But there are certain things that I'm not going to um, concede. And that's how we carry ourselves. That's how we do things. And that's the way we go about our business. So, I mean, from, from that aspect, seasons like this help teach you about life. And a lot of times these young folks out here don't understand that the real world sucks. The real world is a setup a lot of times for you to fail. In the real world, you're going to have a lot more bad days than good most times. And you have to learn how to deal with it and deal with it the right way. So, I mean, for that. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> hey, I promise, man. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, where Mike Pegues handled this situation as good as could be expected. And, and I really do appreciate that. You know, I, but I have to ask the question because I think I've been pretty light on Malik all year. Everybody, you know, I've let everybody else. I, but I just, I, I'm so baffled by him. And I don't know what does that say about your captain when going into the going into senior day, basically your interim coach has to read the footprints in the sand poem about Jesus. <laughs> well, right now I have to carry Malik. You know, like what? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is so bad. This is so dysfunctional. Yeah. Oh no, it, I absolutely agree with it, and it's one of those things where, to me, I feel like Malik. You know, announcing that he was coming back, and, and I said this um, a couple weeks ago, I feel like he did not come back with the right attitude. He came back thinking, okay, this is going to be my healthy year. I'm going to be the star, and this is my team. And I feel like he made the season about him, and he made the season about showing what he needed to do to get to the next level for NBA scouts. He didn't come back saying, you know what? I'm going to continue to be a steward for university. I'm going to continue to be that defensive presence. I'm just going to continue to be that hustle guy and just do what the team needs. I feel like his focus went from being team-related to being Malik-related. And, you know, it's one of those things where you should never come back and make it about you. You should always make it about the team and just do what the team needs. And if you do that, that's going to show everybody the best of you. And, and I just think that he didn't come back with the right attitude and – when things didn't go his way, he handled it about as bad as anybody I've ever seen outside of Shane Bahani. Now, I will say this. <laughs> in Malik's defense, he has been practicing that fadeaway crossover three-point <laughs> jumper like all offseason. He had to show it off. He just had to show it off. Oh, You know what? When he looks in the mirror, he probably sees James Harden. 
It's like that's me right there. Uh, you know, I'll say, I'll, 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 I'll say more Kevin Durant. No, no, that step back is all. That double step back. He tried a double step back. I, I, I lied. At, at James least once Harden. a game. At least once like. a game. <laughs> you know it's coming. Kind of like at least once a game, he's going to dribble the ball by himself up court, try to cross the body over. If that doesn't work, and it won't, <laughs> the fadeaway won't. step back three is coming. You know it's coming. Like every game, it's like clockwork. You know, it's it's, it's like this whole it's like this whole team, like clockwork. You know what's going to happen. They get down by double digits. <laughs> Joe, what's the over under on Malik shooting the first shot of the game and it being an extremely deep oh. three pointer? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Vegas ain't taking odds on that. <laughs> you think Vegas? You think Vegas got all that bright, pretty stuff by by giving out free money? On that? Come on now. It's like Come on. the over under on thirty five foot Malik three pointer. Now, better question, better question. I think is Rashawn. What are you going to do if Malik comes out and drops a thirty burger on somebody? I mean, I could see it shooting. I could see it happen. I could see it happen because, <laughs> like, he, he when you shoot that much, at some point you have to get hot. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you got to have that game. Like, sometimes I go in the gym, and it's just like, I feel like I'm Steph Curry. Like, so it can happen, even though I'm not I'm not the greatest shooter. But sometimes you just get that, you know, you get that feeling. You get that groove. Yeah. And, and who knows? It could happen. Like, Malik, had, don't forget, earlier this season, Malik had a 27-point game earlier this year. That's like a ridiculous game. We're ready. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, like it was. He either had 24, 27. It was. A, it was. A, I want to say it was either DePaul or it was one of the games that Louisville lost. But Malik had like a ridiculous game, and people were like, "Well, at least we have Malik." <laughs> like, and and we don't. T- fast forward twenty games later. <laughs> well, you know, this would be like the perfect year over the like the end to the season would just be so perfect if Louisville goes on a run, wins the ACC tournament, then goes to the Final Four for some crazy reason. Like, for no apparent reason on threes. Like, the whole team gets hot shooting threes. Oh, God, that would be like the uh, the Shabazz Napier uh, UConn team that Louisville just destroyed <laughs> every time they played. <laughs> and they somehow no, made, no, this, made this a would tournament be a different level of This would be a different level of screw your tournament, right? I mean, yeah. that, if Louisville went on any – if Louisville made the tournament, that would be a middle finger to the NCAA. And, <laughs> I, I mean – well, I mean, the whole ACC yeah. sucks, so it would, it would definitely not be outside the realm of possibility it could happen because the whole ACC is god-awful. It's terrible. It's it the worst conference. We just lost by 30 to Virginia Tech. I am confident saying it is not possible. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, am definitely, I am definitely of the mind that anything – but you know what? Virginia Tech, it's so funny, that game the other night. That felt like – 30 years of frustration being let off their shoulders. Like, I knew coming into that game, if there was any game that Louisville was not going to win, it was going to be Virginia Tech. Because Virginia Tech has never been, like, horrible. They've always had a pretty good basketball team. But for whatever reason, Louisville always beat them. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because, I mean, I go back to the, you know, all the way back to the Ace Custis teams. You know, back in the uh, early 90s. Like, Virginia Tech always put a good basketball product out there. That's why it was always just so funny to see that Louisville always beat them. <laughs> because, you know, it, it, it wasn't like they were Van, the Vanderbilt football of whatever conference they were in. They always have been a, you know, decent basketball program. You know, they've, they've made tournaments. They've done that. But the one thing they could not never do is beat Louisville. So that was a lot of years of frustration built up. It's like, you know, we finally got these mother. Mm. 
and they wanted it bad. The they came out and were screaming on the first shot. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. They won't. They, they was like, whoa, we've been waiting for this ass whooping a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, uh, so, yeah, we, we earned it. Curry's of, of Blacksburg. They were on a mission. Yeah. Yeah. And Louisville never got off the bus. No. No, that's why I just was like, okay, we can eat this one because we had this one coming for a long time. Like, I've expected Virginia Tech to beat us before now. When Buzz Williams was there, they've had some good teams. Like, they've had some good teams even in the last several years. And, and Louisville just always found a way to be, win, even when David Padgett was here. They were like, you know what? David may not go to the tournament, but we're going to beat Virginia Tech. That's going to be the one thing Man, that's guaranteed. That is, a, that, is a guy, that is a guy that I feel like a lot of folks are doing some revisionary history on. And I was not – I wasn't out here saying that David should get the job, um, because I don't believe I, I don't believe Louisville is the kind of job that you turn it over to an interim, barring a Mike Davis IE type run. You know, the guy makes the Final Four, you can't not give him a job. It's interesting that you say that. Have, don't turn the 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 the, uh, the the keys over to a guy that's never been a coach before. We'll talk about that more in the second hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you like how I tease that. I love it, um, but. You know, I thought I thought all things considered, David uh, did a pretty good year, the the year that he filled in. Now, in fairness to Begeese, you can't compare the talent on the two teams. David inherited a much different situation. He was, you know, you know what I mean. He had a roster they were completely familiar with, whereas and you had guys that had, had been trained by Rick Pitino for multiple years. So you know that yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. little different. They still played that Rick Pitino defense. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Quentin, they had, we had Quentin Snyder, one of the most underappreciated local kids that ever played at U of L. In my, you know, in my opinion, um, and he was sort of our metronome that, that got us through that that year. But again, I've been big on Mike Pegues, you know, and I still will will root for that guy. I said a month ago, what, wherever he goes, that'll be my new second favorite team that I cheer for in the tournament. But I don't know what in the hell he was trying to accomplish with the suspension of the second to last game of being like, ah, no, 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 Saturday noon. Ah, uh, yeah, you, you can come back for that. <laughs> you can get that taken care of, and then we'll all get on with our weekend. Honestly, part of a guy that was like, hey, the season's over. Crap. I mean, and I then on top of it, you let all the seniors talk yesterday in the press conference, but Malik isn't there again. Like, it just, it's just so awkward. <laughs> like, the whole thing is awkward. It's everything. Like it's just all just like eggshells the whole time. Like I cannot wait so, for this press conference I, today. I, I cannot wait. I I don't know exactly when we're gonna get it or how we're gonna get it. I don't think it's gonna be nearly on the level of just the head scratching bewilderment that I think all of us shared when the when the football players said, Yeah, we didn't even know where the coach's office was. But I think there are gonna be stories that come out that trickle out over the summer that we all collectively as a fan base go, it was worse than we could even imagine. How did that team, like, how did, how did they function as a unit without somebody killing one another in there? This team hated each other. Something, you know, oh, yeah. something that we're not, that, yeah. that I will give Louisville credit, man. They have leaked out of that athletic department for years. They're keeping, they're keeping it pretty hush hush on, on what all the, the woes have been in, the, in for the basketball team this year. But one thing I will say, Joe, is that for this team, and I mean this honestly, watching the games this year 
and watching especially down the stretch because, you know, if everybody remembers how the end of the season was when Bobby Petrino left with just a couple of games left and how that whole thing just cratered to, you know, people quit trying and they were just out there. The one thing about this Louisville team is everybody, the most outside of Malik Williams, because Malik's effort definitely waned to where he just was not trying. Outside of Malik, all these kids are still playing extremely hard. They are not a well-coached team. They Their fundamentals are horrible. They don't know how to set a proper screen. They don't know how to set up a screen as a guard to be able to t- take advantage of it and make the defense work. Like It's a horribly coached team, but all of the kids are still playing extremely hard, and all of the kids are still engaged. And I think that that, especially considering that your coach left almost two months ago, is a testament to these players. And that's one thing that I want to say for all of those guys. And it's from the very top of the roster to the very end of the roster and all the coaches involved is that one thing that they can all hang the, hold their heads up high is that none of these kids quit. And the fans quit, understandably. The fans are tired of dealing with it. The fans are just just done with everything. And, and I completely understand why with the last five years that they've had. Um, but these players have not quit. And in the fishbowl that is University of Louisville basketball, it would have been very easy to have things go ultra-toxic. And while Malik himself has been very toxic, the team as a whole has stayed together. And that goes for Noah Locke, who's been a guy who's come under a lot of question. That goes for um, Matt Cross um, and everybody else. You know, J.J. Trainer, who has not gotten <laughs> nearly the minutes that he should have. But all of those guys, when they get in the game, they still seem like they're playing hard. They still seem like they're giving effort and that's a credit to them because I don't even know if I could have done that and I'm about the most positive person in the world like everybody's still playing hard everybody's still engaged everybody's still listening to to the coaches and they still honestly I feel like they just want to go out there and win and they want to do well they just aren't equipped with the tools to do so so I mean I I think that's a testament uh, to the character of this whole team and I think Mike McGee has a lot to do with that I'll tell you the sad realization that I had a couple of days ago watching us just get absolutely taken to the woodshed by an off by a, by a bad team, a team that's not that's not thirty points better than that roster. No, I'm not saying they're play, I'm not going to call them talented, or, or but that roster should not be beaten by that other roster by thirty. No way, no how. No, that's absurd. And you mentioned the last five years, guys. This is this is how you become IU basketball. And I'm not taking a shot at Indiana, but this is how you become irrelevant real quick. Uh, they don't get this higher right. You're then going into year six and year seven, and that means you've got kids that are eligible to come play basketball for you that don't know good U of L basketball in their lifetime, and that's scary. No, I mean it. It, it is. It, it is. It is a scary proposition. Everybody wants to believe that Louisville is um, somehow uh, immune to becoming Indiana basketball, um, but it can definitely happen if you get this higher wrong. Um, it could be very. It could be danger, danger, danger time. And that is something that you have to worry about. But you know what we don't have to worry about is watching this team for too much longer. <laughs> we have come. <laughs> to the end of this thing um and and fellas we're gonna get into that um the most hated virginia wahoos are in town can louisville get a win on senior day 
Uh, we'll chat, chat about that, and we'll start to talk about this coaching search in earnest. We haven't done much actual talking about candidates, so that'll be coming up as well. My thoughts on Kenny Payne, I've done a lot of arguing on Twitter about it, but I've not talked much about those thoughts over the air, airwaves. Uh, so we're going to get into that much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, and we'll be back on 96.1 FM, Big X Sports Radio, and 1450 AM. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. This is the end, people. Little doors coming back. Shout out to Joe Kelly for the submission. I like it. It's it's very apropos. I mean, this season has felt like uh, this season has felt like the scene in, in Apocalypse Now when he's just hanging out watching watching the jungle burn. <laughs> I thought that that would be appropriate. Yeah, considering the basketball program's been napalmed, I agree with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Orange juice, concentrate, and kerosene. Yeah. That is that is this season. It is so bad right now that it actually leaked over to the women's basketball program. Like, oh. I was unable, because of the ridiculousness that is RSN and the fact that the ACC decided that they wanted to put softball and and baseball on the ACC network rather than covering the ACC women's tournament which is a whole other conversation and I could not watch it because it was blacked out on the ESPN app I had to wait until after the game was over and then I was going to go back and watch the game to see how the ladies won the game of course they were playing the number seven seed Miami Hurricanes until I check my timeline and find out at the very end of the game that Louisville gave up a 17-0 run to end the game they were up 15 and lost by two at the buzzer. And that just made me laugh because it's like they finally did it. The men's basketball team finally found a way to make their (laughs) 
horrible bad juju leak over to the women's team. Just being inside the Yum Center with them by osmosis, they became worse. <laughs> <laughs> and it it just it it was one of those things where it's just like man, that like I can't even imagine. Like they literally gave up a 17-0 run to end the game and lost by two. So, unfortunately, Jeff Walls and team were basically going to have to sit in that for about the next 10 days until uh, the uh, selection Sunday uh, when the women's uh, uh, get announced at the end of next week. Uh, So they have to basically just sit in that losing to Miami in their first game of the ACC Women's Tournament. Uh, And they probably lost a one seed because of that. So, uh, you know, you still have to wait to see what happens with the other teams in the tournament. I know Michigan got upset early in the uh, Big Ten Women's Tournament. Um, so they may not have anybody down below them jump up, uh, but definitely uh, NC State's going to, as long as NC State won, which they did, uh, they'll probably secure that one seed, and Louisville would probably drop down to the two-seed line and end up having to play somebody like Stanford or something or South Carolina in the first round So, or in the in their bracket. So, yeah, yeah, that, it, has been <laughs> it has been a wonderful week of Louisville athletics. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can turn that around today and we will get be able to end off uh, this basketball season on a decent note. I, I would say that if, if Louisville could find a way to beat Virginia, that would make people happy. You know, everybody hates Virginia. Louisville never plays well against Virginia. Virginia pretty much beats Louisville every time Mango Mathiang doesn't hit a pull-up mid-range jump shot. <laughs> Outside of that, you know, Virginia always wins. So if Louisville could find a way to win, that would at least give somebody a nice taste in their mouth. Or they could have a nice football commitment. Of course, this is a humongous uh, recruiting weekend for Louisville football. Um, so, you know, that that would be big as well. But 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 we'll see what happens with that. You know, it, it's it, it's a rough one right now, fellas. Yeah, you know, it, that is rough. Because we know, especially with the ACC – and how they feel about Louisville, just having the women kind of go down, just it just really sucks. Because ever since we've been in the ACC, it seems like the ACC has like always been out to get us. Like, we never get the benefit of the doubt. It's almost like, you know, you're, you're always playing it in somebody else's playground like with, a, with a red-headed stepchild that they, you know, let let come over every now and then. We're like Froggy from Little Rascals, that dude with the deep, raspy voice that, Oh yeah, you know that, that we can play every now and then. And that's it, and that's why we've been treating the ACC. And, and you just hope that you know one of our teams could just kind of run roughshod over the ACC and just and just just like do them dirty and just be like, ha, now what? And this year's women's team, I thought was that team. I, I, I thought that was going to be the squad that's going to be like, whatever. This is our house. We're taking it. And it's still we got took. <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I when I look at the the uh, the losses that that Louisville has this year, they lost to North Carolina on a buzzer beater. They lost on a historic fourth quarter run by NC State to lose a game where they were up by about fifteen points. They lost to Miami in a game where they were up by like fifteen points. Um, so it's like it has almost seemed like it has taken like acts of nature to beat them so that's how good they are like it's a testament to how good they are because every game that they've lost has been like just ridiculous like they haven't like they didn't lose any at home and every game that they lost it took like a herculean effort to do it so on one hand you say yeah that's how good this team is that literally 
it takes something special just to beat them. But on the other end, they've now gotten in the habit of losing very difficult games, which makes you nervous heading into the NCAA tournament because you can see something like that happening. But you would think, man, if you're up 15 in the fourth quarter, how about you just play defense and win the game? Like, that should not happen. Like, these these fourth quarter collapses just should not. That should not happen. That's kind of ridiculous. Hey, but we're going to go ahead and get hit right uh, to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line, 384-1450. You can be in next. But we have our main man, Jay Has on the line. Jay, how you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing fine, sir. How y'all doing this morning? Man, I can't complain. It's this senior day. You know what I'm saying? It's Saturday. It's sunshine outside. It's nice. I can't actually have a, a short sleeve shirt on today. It's going to be beautiful did today. Say, did, you say, did you say it was senior day? It was yeah, senior day, absolutely. Senior day for who, sir? Sen- senior day for the the little. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you say. <laughs> Very well, well done. <laughs> Jay, Louisville Cardinal basketball team. Let's let's go ahead and forfeit and regroup for next year in twenty three. Dang, forfeit. Dang, Jay, they can't even play the last game. The last they they got a couple games. Ah, uh, listen, man. I'm not looking at no more Louisville basketball games. <laughs> so you, you, I had a chance yesterday, last night, looked on YouTube and watched the, uh, the 2013 team go to road to the Final Four, Coach Patino. I watched a team that has so much dogfight, so so much character. I mean, just overall playing defense, pressing. Coach Patino going crazy on the sideline, pulling people out and and just the team played together, man. This team, I understand, but Max gonna understand. We got this other monkey coach, whatever he is. It's time for him to pack his bags too. But um, I just, I'm just tired of watching this program. I, I, I'm, this is not the, it's the worst of the worst. This is worse than the COVID nineteen. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Jay. Jay, I feel, I feel the pain. In your voice, but but let me ask you something, Jay. Uh, you know, like, is there anything that that Louisville can take out of this season? Is there any any positive at all? What do you think about Coach Pegues? What do you th- that, like the job Coach Pegues did? Is there some something positive we can get out of this, Jay? Nothing. It's time for everybody to pack your bags. Go on back seventy one north. <laughs> Very well. Very well, Jay. So the, uh, let me ask you something, Jay. I, I'm, we're going to get into this coaching stuff. Next uh, next hour, we're going to start talking about Kenny Payne and talking about everything going on with him. Do you have a guy that you like, a guy that you want? You know you know a lot of people. Have you heard anything? I know you know some of the, the, the luminaries and dignitaries around town. You got any any thoughts on the coach? Well, I'll tell you this, tell you this Rashad, since you're speaking of that, the dignitaries around the, around the corner. Man, this, this, is a, this is a nice season for me. You and Haven, boy, rolling into the uh, Kentucky Derby, run for the roses, man. Oh, you know how we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just came. It's, it's some more things that's jumping off. I take guys off the air. But, man, I, I would like to see uh, Samson at least get a chance um, to interview to interview him. I really like the coach. The coach is always in uh, the, uh, the tournament. He, he took uh, Indiana. He took uh, Houston in the Final Four. Yeah. And he took another team to the Final Four. I mean, I like Oklahoma. He's won mm-hmm. Oklahoma to the Final Four. So, I like this. I like Samson. 
Very interesting. I like it. I, I I would love to see Louisville get involved with Kelvin Sampson. I, I like that, Jay. That's that's a good that's a good thought. Now now I know you know a lot of these of these former UFL players. I know everybody's been hyping up this Kenny Payne thing, man. I I need to know. Are, are you with the 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 leather wearing UFL cap guys that that, that I want, want to see? I don't I don't I don't I don't want no Kenny Payne. That's not going to solve this, this program. I want somebody here, man. That's going to have some diligent diligent and mm-hmm. I, so I some proven commodities. Yeah. I was gonna come out again, yeah, man. For these kids, man, they can recruit. You look, if you look at Samson's team right now, Houston, Houston's in the top what ten? Yeah, yeah, top ten again. Like at Houston, wow. where they don't never win outside of when you have what Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler on the team. <laughs> oh, wow, I remember that. Rashawn Hayes, Rashawn Myers, and Haven Hines is the best sports show. Fourteen fifty. I love you guys every Saturday morning. I wish I could join you guys live, but you know I'm here stuck over here to to the sister side. But anyway, enjoy your day, guys. Absolutely, I appreciate it, Jay. And, Have a good one, Jay. And, and, and you know, let me tell you something. We had an amazing time last Saturday for Jay has his birthday bash. Uh, like it was a wonderful time to be had by all. Jay was in all his glory. It was absolutely packed. Um, at twenty first down there in Germantown, man, it was it was awesome time. Uh, anybody who got the chance to come out, some of folks have seen some <laughs> videos across the interwebs, Facebooks, and things uh, from the, uh, the the time out. But it was absolutely awesome. So, uh, and you missed. Me and Rashawn doing <laughs> All I Got Is You by Method Man and Mary J. Yeah, yes. I'm telling you, man, it was epic. It was classic. It was classic. You know, we love our karaoke. Or at least I, I love my karaoke. He loves, and, well, he loves karaoke. I'm the hype man. Yeah, Have is a very good hype man. So, yeah, we, we always have a good time. And Joe, Jay's not lying. Like, this is actually our time. Like, everybody knows, you know, that we – Love all things U of L football and basketball, but when the 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 main event sports, um, you know, which is the the parent company of Wake Up Five O Two, like when main event gets ready for Derby time, when when the galas start coming around and all the stars, uh, just descend on on Louisville, like main event is right in the middle of all that. That's what that that's when we do our thing. COVID has kind of thrown a monkey wrench in the last couple of years, but. From the sounds of it, we're back, baby. It is on and popping. So look to see a lot of things coming on, a lot of uh, big, big time interviews upcoming, and, and a lot of great things coming out of that uh, here on Wake Up Five Hundred Two and everywhere you can catch everything main event sports related. So uh, and, absolutely. And speaking of coaches and derbies, yes, you know it was about three about three four years ago when I got a chance to sit down with uh, Kenny Payne at the Trifecta Gala with Bam Adebayo. Yeah, and it chopped up with them for a couple hours. Yeah, I mean, like, like so some of the accesses and things that that uh, we have been privy to. Uh, you, you telling me about your you guys' time with Charlie Strong <laughs> doing a Humpty dance? <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it was uh, me, Charlie Strong. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the other coaches' names. Like two other coaches, man, was on yeah. the dance floor, man, doing a Humpty dance. Bedford, what? Wasn't Vance Bedford? It was Vance Bedford. Yeah, yeah. he was one of them, man. <laughs> Doing, doing the Humpty dance. dance. That's, That's hilarious. right, Joe. You've not you've not been a, you've not been a part of any of our uh, shenanigans during Derby, man. We're gonna have to try to see if we can get you out here, man. Like we 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 oh we do it the right way, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Because y'all, this is kind of like in uh, Watchmen. You know, when when Rorschach goes into prison and he, and he looks at him and goes, "Y'all got it backwards." I'm not locked in here with you. Y'all are locked in here with me. That's what <laughs> just happened right there when you invite me to Derby. 
<laughs> you're not bringing me to Derby, man. You are going for the ride of your life, and we don't ask questions. We just hop in cars. That's right. Uh, my favorite, my favorite Derby celebrity sighting moment was, you know, I used to work at Saints back in back in the day. Mm-hmm. We always showed the big fight that night back in the day when you oh yeah used at the bars. The New England Patriots decided to come in. And the owner of the bar said, Joe, you're in charge of taking care of Tom Brady and his crew. And one of the guys goes, why? Joe hates Tom Brady and the Patriots. And the owner goes, exactly. He <laughs> won't bug him. The rest of you nerds won't shut up to him. And I got to be honest, man. Tom Brady, Richard Seymour, Wes Welker, those dudes were cool as hell. Like way cool. It was the uh, it was the year that Wes Welker was tripping balls out of Derby and made it rain. Oh yeah, I remember that well. Everybody talked about Wes Welker just tossing hundreds in the air after he won at the Derby. Rashawn yes, Pe- Rashawn. People did not believe me, but I was like, I don't know if he actually juices, but when I saw him on Derby, he was on performance enhancing drugs. If you follow me, <laughs> people were like, I can't imagine Wes Welker, and I was like. Why? Because he's white. My <laughs> people love drugs. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. Hey, you know what? Just like that, fellas, our number one is in the books, man. When we come back, it is what you all have been waiting for. I expect to hear the 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 buzz line, the uh, Thornton's text line going off. We got we about to get into this coaching conversation. I want to talk about who's next. I want to talk about some of the thoughts that we've heard. Very interesting commentary from voices all over the city, including my um, own Mike Rutherford of the Mike Rutherford Show here on uh, Big X Sports Radio. He had some very interesting insights into that. We're going to get into that and much, much more. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, and we'll be right back on Wake Up 502. You know that I'm driving Surviving in the 90s is a must So I trust that everyone listen up As my vocals give thrust I bust my rhymes first Never chasing a skirt Do much work While other suckers need more time to rehearse Now back to the ex-girls Ex-lovers, ex-friends It made me mad to find that she was only after my ends She phones me and goes on about her new life now I wish she knew right now I think she's busted, let's discuss it When I was with her, no trust, just fights Just the he say, she say And the neighborhood highlights Now I got my new girl Or as I say, my baby doll But still I'm getting crazy Cause my ex-girls got balls Don't wanna play the field Cause I get loving at home base Don't give me no long face Just exit with grace You and I are the past 
Welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502. A little ex girl and on to the next girl, gang star. Very nice, Haven. Very nice. I try. I'm saying that that, that that is very apropos of our next conversation. We're going to be chatting about who's going to be the next girl because our ex girl, Chris Mack, left us and is sitting at home doing apparently a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> crying in his Bengals jersey, hopefully. Hopefully, sitting there crying Man, he's in his water jersey. He's watering his forehead, hoping eyebrows grow. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. But yeah, man, you know it's like so. Like, what's next for the greatness that is the University of Louisville? I mean, man, yeah, yeah. As, as you I said earlier, you got you got to get this call right. I've never seen a PR blitz quite like the one for Kenny Payne. I, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on on Kenny Payne as the next coach at U of L, but I know this much: the, the talk is so heated now that people are scared to say anything negative because they don't want the backlash. Any question about Kenny Payne is met with just a litany of of of, of criticism of how dare you not be sold on this guy who's currently on the staff of my twenty five and thirty eight Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tibbs. Tibbs is about to get run out of. Oh, yeah. is about to get run out of out of New York, and and ownership. Now, granted, ownership of the Knicks isn't exactly smart, but I haven't heard his name even get bloated for the Knicks job. So if they don't want him where he is now, I don't know. And my biggest question mark with Kenny Payne is, and I don't know this. I, I'm not. I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying I don't know. Does coming to an Adidas school cripple his influence? Any? Does, I mean, it take, does it take one of his pitches away? You know, like, is that his fastball? Not being affiliated with a Nike program. I think that's a legit question with what we know about how recruiting goes down in, the, in these circuits now. Louisville especially knows. So I don't know that you're getting the same Kenny Payne that you got when he was recruiting for Cal. You get what I'm saying? No, that's, I mean, that's that's completely a legit question. I mean, out of all those things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to talk about something uh, when we get in earnest into this coaching thing that uh, about Kenny Payne uh, and the thought that there's a good chance that if we hire Kenny Payne, we'll know if, whether he's a success or a failure before he ever coaches his first game. Uh, and I think that's a very interesting dichotomy uh, with, that we get into. But before we get into that, we actually have a special guest on the line. We got our main man, Brian Trent, of the Off the Walls podcast. Uh, we were chatting about uh, the, the women's team uh, inexplicably losing a game in which they had a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter by two uh, on a shot at the buzzer. Brian, how you doing this morning? What's up, guys? How's it going? Man, I'm I am I, I'm Brian. If I say I was doing good, I would be lying to you. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of very, it, it threw me off last night, man. I took a I took a, a you know a, some time to do some things, and I pull up my my Twitter, and I see that the women's team lost. And I'm not gonna lie to you, kind of threw a monkey wrench into my good feelings going into the weekend. I thought I was gonna see some U of L basketball, see uh, the actual good Louisville basketball team go out there to find out they lost. Last night, Brian, I have not been in a funky mood ever since then, man. 
Like I, I'm, I'm a little upset. What what happened, man? Like I, I didn't get to see it because, of course, they decided to put the game on RSN. So when things are on RSN, it's always iffy. I'm gonna if I'm gonna actually be able to see it if I'm not in the Yum Center. <laughs> so I was not able to see the game. What 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 happened? Yeah, there was probably about ten people got to see that game <laughs> since it was on Bally Sports last night. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really know actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, when we got up 16 with eight minutes to go, I mean, that should have been cruise control time. And, uh, yeah, the wheels just fell off. and <laughs> Unbelievable. We didn't score in the last four and a half, five minutes of the game, and Miami scored. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so, Brian, let, let me ask you. So, like, with, with this loss, are you of the same mindset as me? Um, the, the one seed is pretty much done with. You, you, think that's the, you think that this definitely drops them down to the two-seed line? Uh, if Baylor wins the Big Twelve, for sure. Okay. For sure, Baylor will take. They'll switch spots with Baylor, and probably stay in the Wichita region. Just right now, we're the one, and Baylor's the two. It'll probably just switch the two. Okay. Uh, so it still three, probably end up being Louisville Baylor in the same region. So it basically would yeah, just swap think, who they're playing. Okay. Yeah, because Baylor will be the bottom one seed, and we'll be the top two seed. Right now, we're the bottom one seed, and Baylor's the top two seed. So. We'll stay in the same region with Baylor. But Charlie Cream said last night, he's the ESPN bracketologist for women's basketball, that as long as Baylor doesn't win the uh, Big 12, he thinks Louisville will keep a one seed. Interesting. But he thinks Baylor's the only team that will knock them out of that one seed. Hmm. That is that is very interesting. Because like, like, I thought when, when I saw the, the loss, I thought, you know what? I feel like they're just going to be done with Louisville because to me, Louisville has been the team all year, even when they went on that amazing uh, win streak, that they just did not want to move the ladies up, even with South Carolina losing. It just seemed like for whatever reason they wanted to keep South Carolina and Stanford ahead of Louisville at all costs. <laughs> so I, I really oh, yeah, felt they like. Did all season for sure. You yeah. know, like I, it just kind of felt that way. So I feel like, you know, with Louisville losing, um, you know, they lose to North Carolina on a tough win at the end, and then they lose early in the um in the ACC tournament. I just figured that they would just take that opportunity to go ahead and just knock them right on off <laughs> the perch a, a, as assuming, it were. I'm assuming the same thing. I'm assuming we're going to fall down to a two also. But yeah. Everybody's saying Baylor's the only cuz the other twos are, you know, Michigan which we've already handled pretty good and Indiana and they got five or six losses and so uh LSU was a 2 seed but they lost Kentucky last night so they're not going to jump ahead of us. I saw that. Michigan lost also. Yeah, I saw uh, Michigan lost the other day to Iowa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been it's it's been crazy so far. I think as long as upsets keep happening, I think Baylor right now might be the only team that can knock them off the one line. Okay. But I'm assuming Baylor's probably gonna win the Big Twelve. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, but I, 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 you know what? I would be okay with that. Uh, you know, Kim Mulkey's crazy, but you know, I, I don't mind um, if Louisville and Baylor are, is the matchup. You know, that definitely seemed to be the matchup uh, that they were going to look forward to in in the uh, NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I, I mean, if they flip flop, it's guesses that's not that big of a deal. You just play a little bit stronger opponents on your way uh, to that regional final. Um, but you know, it, it'll be interesting to see now. Now I will ask you moving forward, does this like, to me, I thought that this Louisville team was different because 
the way they play defense, like they play championship level defense, in my opinion. But with the the breakdown that they had versus NC State in the fourth quarter to lose that game in Raleigh, and then to have a very similar breakdown at the end of this game versus Miami in the ACC tournament, does this give you pause to think that they can make an actual run? Like, could we see them end up losing in like maybe a Sweet Sixteen to somebody they have no business to? Does this worry you? Uh, offensively, yes, because. It's been a very inconsistent offensive team um, pretty much all year. I mean, you got things. A few days ago, we was up 54-15 to 15 at halftime against the number 14 team in the country. And, yeah. you know, today we, yesterday we scored 59 points in a whole game. So <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a championship defense, Jeff Walls has said repeatedly this year, this is the best defensive team he's coached in his 15 seasons here. Uh, they play passing lanes well. Everybody has high defensive basketball IQ. Um, I mean, everybody can guard the one through five. Um, Emily Inksler should have been the defensive player of the year in the ACC. She got kind of snubbed from that. Uh, I thought we would come in with a little bit more fight since Kiana Smith got snubbed on a – all ACC teams because she's the most consistent player on the team the whole season, and she should have at least got an honorable mention and couldn't even get an honorable all ACC a mention. <laughs> Agreed. That was that was ridiculous. And Emily definitely should have won Defensive Player of the Year. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that. But you know, but I mean, we all know, like everybody knows that the ACC hates everything Louisville. Like we, we've seen it long enough now that we know that the officiating has not been kind to Louisville football, basketball, men's or women's uh, since they've been here. So we should be used to it by now. So we just have to kind of, <laughs> you know, rise, rise above, you know. But but Brian, before I get you out of here, um, I do want to ask you about this coaching search um, and ask you, you know, what. Who do you like? Before we get into this conversation, because we're going to get into this conversation after our next breakup coming, I want to know who is Brian Trent's guy? Who are you excited about? Or, or, or who would you like to see? Or if you have any insight on, on you know, I, I know there's not been a lot of information out there, but let, let me just get your thoughts on, on the coaching search as a, as a whole. Oh, I'm on the pain train. Okay. I think, I think if Bob Valvano is right and Scott Drew would listen, it would be hard to hire Kenny Payne over the defending national championship coach, um, but I'm on the Payne train. Okay, okay. Very, hey, you know what, and Brian, you are not the only one. I feel like the Kenny Payne is definitely the odds-on favorite from everything that I've been hearing. Um, he's a guy that you know has gotten a lot of momentum, and especially early on, was seen to be the no-doubt leader of it. So, no, I, I think you are absolutely correct with that. Now, if you can, just make sure you let everybody know, everybody that can hear all your stuff and everything you have going on, uh, make sure to let everybody know before you get out of here. Yeah, guys, I'm the Louisville women's basketball beat writer for stateofLouisville.com. Uh, you can find all my articles on stateofLouisville.com. I host the Off the Walls podcast, a podcast dedicated to the uh, Louisville women's basketball team. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at, at @btrent underscore otw. Um, next week, I got my guest booked, and next week I'll have the uh, – former Louisville women's basketball player and the current USC upstate head coach and big South coach of the year, Becky Burke on. Nice. So uh, that's going to be a good. Nice. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, Brian, definitely appreciate your, your input on there. And uh, after we get this, uh, you know, this uh, thing going in earnest for the ladies, man, may have to have you back on to give your thoughts about the seating, the region, and, uh, you know, th their pathway uh, to the Final Four. But I definitely appreciate you calling in, all right? All right, guys, I appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely. Have a good one, Brian. B. Trent, man, checking in. I, that's appreciated. Look at, see, just the, the, the luminaries and dignitaries around the, the around town just calling in, just being a, wanting to be a part of Wake Up 502. And I agree with everything he said. Um, yeah, the University of Louisville got snubbed in all kind of ways. If there's a better defensive player than Emily Inksler in the country, I, damn the ACC. If there's a better defensive player in the country than Emily Inksley, I'd love to see him uh, yeah, because and, I ain't seen him. This is why I thought that we would come out with, like, just rage and fire. Just want to, you know, just run roughshod over the ACC. And the it, just, it feels like they just took their foot off the gas. Like, like to me, it's the same thing that happened against the NC State where they thought the game was over and, you know, they kind of get into that. You know, swaggy, we throwing up threes, you know, the three signs and, and got too happy. Like, I didn't get to see the game, but that's what it feels like because literally Coach Wall said that, you know, when they lost the game on the road at NC State, they were getting happy because they were dominating the number two team in the country or number three team in the country on the road, um, and they just got a little happy. They were up 15 heading into that fourth quarter, and he advised that Diamond Johnson, the um, uh, super scorer for NC State that comes off the bench for the Wolfpack, he said, look, you can't let Diamond get going because once you do, she can get hot. And Louisville did not pay attention to her, and she got rolling. And next thing you know, momentum. That momentum comes, and you would have thought they learned the lesson. The only thing that I can say that's good about it is hopefully this gets them focused to play a full four quarters heading into the, uh, the NCAA tournament. So we will see. But you know what, fellas? We're going to go ahead and hit this break. And when we come back, I'm going to get to the text line. The texts are flying in. I appreciate everybody's text coming in. I'm going to read all the texts. Uh, when we do get back, we're going to get into this coaching search and this coaching conversation. If you want to be in on there, 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. I'm going to get your text in as well on Twitter, Facebook, all your comments. We're going to read everything when we get back. You will listen to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers, and we'll be back on Big Exports Radio. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Not as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over. Haven, doesn't it seem like just a little while ago Louisville was at the top of the basketball world and they were winning championships, going to Final Fours, like a bad year was a Sweet 16. <laughs> like losing Rick Pitino for the first time in his career, losing in the Sweet 16, it just happens to be to Kentucky. Like, that's what used to be determined as a bad season was a Sweet 16. Don't y'all wish we could go back there? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Like... <laughs> 
Brutus. They gave us a four seed. Right. Wouldn't you love to be screwed and have a four seed right now? Man, I remember when those were my darkest days as a Louisville fan. I would happily welcome Senior Day blowout to USF again. Oh at man! At this point, like yeah, solid days. Oh man, you know it was just like you, when you were talking about you know your seeding in the ACC tournament and, and you know who could you beat to help move up a seed line. You know what I mean? Like that 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 used to be the biggest issue. Is like is Louisville going to get a five or a four, or get a four or a three, or could we possibly move up to a two seed if we make a run to the cha- you know to the final? You know, like those days. That's 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 Louisville basketball to me. So you know, definitely we are not there right now, unfortunately. Um, and <laughs> I don't know how far away those days are. Uh, depending on uh, who you talk to, it could be a, a quick turnaround. Other people say it may be a ten year process. I've what? heard. I've heard. Ten years. Oh man, I've heard all types of things. This is basketball. It should never take you longer than two to three years. Oh, I totally agree with to, you. To turn everything around. I yeah. mean, literally like a year and a half. I've heard some doomsday scenarios this week on the radio, fellas. Like I've heard all types. I've heard all types of things to say that you know Louisville's now Indiana. They've dropped off. I've heard. I've heard all types of things. So like, just depending on what you believe, there could be a lot. A lot of things that that believe that this could be horrid. Um, now I I want to go ahead and we're going to hit up on this Thornton's text line. If you want to get in four one four fourteen fifty, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, we have a, a submission on here. Uh, a question uh, from Texter this morning says, um, "What basketball style would Kenny Payne play, offense and defense?" Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know uh, specifically, and that's kind of the thing with Kenny Payne. Uh, I think one of the reasons that everybody loves Kenny Payne and they kind of throw arrows at every other candidate is because we know all the warts and blemishes of anybody who's been a head coach because they've been a head coach. We've seen their highlights, and we know their lowlights. So that's something you can attack, whereas Kenny Payne has literally never been a coach anywhere. So there's nothing we can point to. There's no wins. There's no, there's no losses. There's no offense. There's no defense. So we can literally make up in our mind literally anything when it comes to Kenny Payne. You can say anything. He's the backup. He's the backup QB with no tape. Yeah. Everybody loves the backup quarterback. That's everybody's favorite person. You know. So I mean, it, it's one of those things that is very difficult to. Um, you know, it's just very difficult to say, uh, you know, what's going to happen with Kenny Payne. We don't know. And I think that especially for the people that are pushing hard for Kenny Payne, that's their biggest feather is that we can pretty much promise any and everything because we have nothing to disprove anything we say. We can literally say anything <laughs> because, you know, until there's any failure on Kenny's part, you know, everything is true. Everything could be true. You know, we have no idea. Yeah. And and again, as I said earlier, I'm not critical of, of Kenny Payne as a candidate. I don't I don't have really any thoughts because I don't know anything about him. Yeah. And the last coaching hire that we made, I thought I agreed with everyone else. This is the best possible hire, you know, the school could have made. Great fit. We got our coach for the next twenty years. Blah blah blah. All that, and it didn't work out. So there's nothing wrong with saying I don't know when you don't know and. That's that's what's so worrisome to me is I totally get saying we need we need a Louisville guy in here. He knows the program, he's familiar with it, he'll get he'll get older players engaged, and I believe all of that. I, I don't disagree with any of it. I just don't know that he's a good X's and O's coach. And I and I don't think anybody can can truthfully argue with me 
with certainty that he is a good coach. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because we just don't know. And and that's where I'm confused why people I don't understand why there is this mentality for a lot of fans that it's Kenny Payne or bust. I'm confused by that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you what I think part of that is, Joe, and it was something interesting that I heard actually on the Mike Rutherford show, um, uh, which can be heard, of course, uh, three to six p.m. here on Big Exports Radio ninety six point one FM uh, every weekday. Uh, Mike does an awesome job, um, you know, with everything that he does here um, at Big X. But <laughs> it, it was it was funny because I, I heard just through their conversation, it was something I thought about. One of the big reasons that he feels, or, or you know, that one of the conversation points is that if Kenny Payne becomes the coach at Louisville, there's going to be, you know, folks coming out of the woodwork, former players and people that know Kenny looking for jobs on the staff, you know, Mm. both either coaching related or staff administration related. And and when you think about it, I think that's one of the big things is the self-interest that a lot of people here locally, because there's a lot of former players here. There's a lot of people that have been around the program and know Kenny well that are looking at it from a standpoint of, hmm, if Kenny has a job, I know him, I'm cool with him, maybe I can get my foot in the door doing something. And I think that one of the biggest reasons that this push for Kenny Payne has been because everybody feels like they may have an in. Does that make sense? Like, like everybody's like, yeah, get Kenny in there. It does, and while, you know, I'm not a fan of nepotism hires, I'm also not an idiot, and I understand that's how 90% of hires it feels like are made. You know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I totally understand the old regime, the Denny Crumb guys, that are a little, have some animosity towards the program and specifically at Rick because they didn't feel like he he included them. I get that. I totally understand if you were a basketball player in the 80s wanting, I don't want to say wanting a piece of the program because that makes it sound nefarious. But damn it, you helped build that program. That's as much of your program as anybody else's. Absolutely. Where, where's our call? Where's our guy? Where's our representation? You know, we, we talk about that a lot on this show. Representation matters. And when you have the pillars of, of a program that aren't involved, imagine Miami not letting Warren Sapp, Ray Lewis, and Ed Reed come, come stand on the sidelines whenever they want. Absolutely. You'd tell them they were idiots. Louisville's well, basketball should be no different. No, I, so I get that. I totally agree with you. But the, my question is this. Do you want, like, because I, understanding the self-interest angle of it, of, you know, folks around town and people that, that know Kenny, like, is that what's best for the University of Louisville's basketball program? Like, because I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Like, that makes me no, nervous. Absolutely. And that's, that's, I guess, that kind of sums up with mine is that there are more question marks than, than exclamation points of Kenny Payne to me. Now that's not me saying, I don't think he's, he's the guy. That's me saying, I don't know guys, but we got it. We got, we, it's kind of like a buddy of mine told, told, uh, another friend in college, you better quit screwing up, man. Cause you're ugly. And I don't know how many cute girls are going to give you a chance moving forward in life. You only get so many stop screwing up. We got to nail this higher because you can't continuously just be going through the the. Well, we're rebuilding. Yeah, like Haven said, it's basketball, man. You can rebuild in one class. Oh, absolutely! And, I, I think that that can happen. Go ahead, and, and I think that's why you have so many U of L fans on the pain train because of his mm-hmm. reputation as a recruiter 
and thinking, if we get Kenny Payne in, if nothing else, he can flip the roster for somebody else relatively quickly. Yeah. Now, granted, he did that at the Nike school, which to me, the, the, the weirdest thing about college basketball is like, it all depends on like the shoe companies that, that you're aligned with. You know, he did it at a Nike <laughs> school, but can you do that same thing at an Adidas school? Or a Puma school. Well, see, and, and Haven, that's that right there is the question. School. And, and that's why I say this all comes down to one thing, okay? And the thing that the 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 dream that everybody is selling, and, and Texter text in, uh, Joe wanted to let you know. He said that uh, <laughs> uh, he said Marcus Maven is going to ban Joe uh, Joe Kelly from the Yum Center for his commentary. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that that was kind of funny. Marcus, <laughs> man, you know and. I know <laughs> Marcus is my man. That's hilarious. It's like, no, Joe's not going to get hey, – people like Joe Kelly because Joe Kelly tells the truth. That's why Joe Kelly's on Wake Up 502, which is why that's, that's my brother from another mother. Uh, Texan also <laughs> said, he said, this is the point I think everyone is missing. He says, KP will have the support to weather any AD or president in bad seasons. KP has pit bulls. And, and that goes to your, your thought, Haven, okay. that, you know, Kenny can flip the roster. But this is why I said, in my opinion – Kenny Payne could be a a success or a failure before before he ever coaches his first game. And I say that for one reason. This whole Kenny Payne lexicon and, and this dream that everybody everything is selling about KP is about one dude, DJ Wagner, the number one player in the 2023 class, grandson of Milt Wagner, and the promises that have been made there and the guarantees that if Kenny Payne is the coach at Louisville. DJ Wagner is going to come to Louisville. You know, and I honestly, I, I don't doubt that. D- DJ Wagner has not only him, but two other top ten players on that team. And it's been pretty much said that if Kenny Payne gets the job, he's going to come here. One problem with that. You know who's the favorite right now, prohibitive favorite for DJ Wagner? Can you guess? Hmm. Who could it be? The University of Kentucky. It has been said that pretty much DJ Wagner committing to Kentucky is a done deal. Now, people say that, you know, if Kenny Payne comes here, that that's all going to turn around and that DJ Wagner will come to Kentucky. But this is why I say we could know whether Kenny Payne was a success or a failure by the time the season starts. Is because you know when the signing day is for the 2023 class? That would be this November. Okay, yeah. so DJ Wagner's going to make his commitment within the next six months. Okay, and if Kenny Payne doesn't get DJ Wagner, then literally Louisville has hired him for no reason. It's the same reason that bringing back those two guys from Illinois, you know, and, and, and saying that these guys could help jumpstart recruiting for UK. You know, Chen Coleman and uh, the, the other guy, um, I can't think of his name. Uh, you know, they, they thought that bringing over those two guys, they may be able to steal the big man uh, from Illinois and, and bring him back over <laughs> to Kentucky. That didn't happen. And thank God it didn't. And, and, and Oscar Sheway's had a great season. This is not to say anything about Sheway, but everybody thought that those two guys coming over, that they were going to be able to steal uh, the, the big man from Illinois. That didn't happen. And I, I say all that to say, if DJ Wagner – Commits to Kentucky and Louisville hires Kenny Payne. The Payne hire was a failure because that's what it's all about. Like this is what it all comes down to: is the promise that Kenny Payne can get DJ Wagner to Louisville. You no, know, I don't think it's really DJ Wagner. I, I think people. Oh, it's think, absolutely DJ you Wagner. Think so you think oh, about DJ the number Wagner? one player in twenty twenty three and three top ten players overall on the same team. Yes, I that's believe. the that, that is the dream that's being sold. 
I believe that Kenny could probably get if if he can't get DJ Wagner, I'm sure he can get other top talent that Chris Mack was not able to get. I will say that. But I, I think it's I think that his I think his hire is contingent on the belief that he can get that dude in here, and I mean, everybody believes that he can get the number honestly, one player. Honestly, man, Milt has been talking about his grandson. Oh yeah, DJ's since, the real deal. I mean, but Milt, I mean, literally, Milt's been talking about his grandson since that dude could dribble. But you don't think that would leave a bad taste in the in the in the mouths of Louisville fans if the number one player and the grandson of Milt Wagner, after Louisville hires Kenny Payne, if he goes Kentucky? I, I think that yeah. I, I, I think a lot of depends on who else. He Joe, Joe, what do you think? Who, who else is coming through? I mean, that just that would just sting if if Milt Wagner, like the the family tree of Wagner's, go to Memphis State and Kentucky. Ouch! Ouch! I mean, and th- honestly, at that point, that really does make me sit back and say, you know. There might be a whole lot to this whole the Denny guys not really giving a damn about the program anymore because they don't feel like the program gives a damn about them. Because the program and I can't didn't. speak on the relationship in basketball. I, can. I can't speak on the relationship in basketball, but I can tell you for a fact that uh, that's how a lot of guys on the football team felt. A lot of the, I mean, we used to, ha- I used to have them on every Thursday on the drive with Mark Ennis, and we would do catching up with cards, and there would be old guys that I talked to that, would, that from the John L. days that were like, I would love to come on Louisville Radio and talk to you guys and catch up. Uh, nobody ever calls me, though. You know, if I, I, I wasn't it. buddies with you, you wouldn't have called. So, you know, I mean, that to me, that's another big just caution flag with, with that, that era. And Again, like I said, if all thing, if we are laying everything on the table and and everybody's equal, give the job to Kenny. If there's any truth to what Bob's reporting, that Drew would listen to us. I I, I don't see how you how you turn down the defending national champ. You can't. I mean, you, you can't. You can't. Like, I mean, like you can't. Like you you cannot turn down Scott Drew. You, you can't. I mean, you, you just can't. If he's like. I want to be a next head coach. You have to say yes because he's actually won a national championship. You cannot turn that down. But if he says no, then I completely understand why you would go with Kenny Payne, especially if you're trying to find a way to really to to heal the program on a deeper level. Then, Kenny, yeah. then, then Kenny's obvious choice because yes, there is a big schism between Denny's guys and Rick's dudes because Rick completely shut out. Denny's guys, Rick and Tom, both did it. They completely shut out Denny's guys. And now it's time for Denny's guys getting older. Their sons are now playing ball. Now their grandsons are balling. Now they're becoming, you know, coaches, things of that nature. You know, you're losing, like, an entire – See, but, but Haven, that was, like, five years ago. People but, people accepted the Denny guys back five years ago when Chris Mack took over, man, for four but, years but ago. The, the like, so, okay, but they've been back. Like, I don't want to hear about them not being around the program anymore. They've been back for four years. But the pain's still there because for – I mean, but, no, okay, but, but they've no, been back. You're back for the sucky years. Okay. You're back for the good years. You're back for the championship years. I, I, I ain't got nothing to do with that, years. though. But I, I don't want to hear about years. the plight of the players not being around the program anymore because that's not – that's been non-existent for the last four look, years. It's, look, let me tell you, if somebody treats you wrong okay, but being, for but being around years. the Being around the program and being in the program are completely different, no? I mean, yeah, no, that's true, but I mean, because, ha- haven't they made, I mean, they, they brought Reese Gaines in, 
He's he's now but, a but, player player development guy. Um, you know, it seems like they've tried everything they could to reconnect but, with the old guard, but right? But but the whole time I, Rick was here, you get completely yeah, dunked on. But Rick's been gone five years. But it doesn't matter because for ten years, let me, let me tell you something. Like, how can you continue to complain about a dude that's no longer here? Because, like they've because, made every the effort stink, to bring because back. the stink is still there. Hence, it's six years later, and we still don't know what our. Uh, What's going to happen to the program? I mean, I agree with you, but like, I, I'm tired of hearing about the players not being associated with U of L because like, Louisville has done everything they could to reconnect that since Rick's been gone. So, like, I'm tired of hearing that. Okay, excuse. But, but, like, I don't want to hear Kenny Payne should be the dude because of what Rick Pitino did five years ago. Damn that! I don't want to hear about that. Those are all excuses. Saying, uh, Rashawn, all I'm going to say about that is yes, sir. Sitting here on uh, doing this show today, I, I I'd never thought about this before, but. Man, you damn right I'd be salty and have an attitude problem if I spent the last, what, 15 years? Let's take away the last five. But if I spent the Rick Pitino era as a L alum, a national champion at L from the 80s, and every time I want to watch my alma mater, they won't shut the hell up about Rick Pitino and his damn coaching tree. I'm sitting there thinking, how come I don't hear about my coach's coaching tree? How come we don't the game? get a chance at being part of a tree? Rick Pitino doesn't have this great program to inherit if it wasn't for all of us. Why are they acting like this is his program, like Louisville didn't exist before Rick? That's fair. I mean, no, no that's fair. But I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you this, Joe, and and I like all the the things that Louisville's done to try to reconnect with those those players because they they admitted that there was a problem, they admitted there was an issue, and the, and you know Chris Mack made it a point to try to start to heal those wounds. But the one thing I'm not gonna say is that Louisville owes the the head basketball coaching job to Kenny Payne because of what Rick Pitino did. That's bull crap. Like that, that you oh, can be, no, a, you can dope. be around the program. You can, uh, you know, make sure that, that we heal those wounds. But I don't think Louisville owes the job to a Louisville guy just because of what Rick Pitino did. Like, I, you, you no, can't I run a, anybody, a business like that. I don't think anybody is owed that job, period. I'd be saying that if Denny Crumb Jr. was on the list. You know, I'd be Absolutely. asking you, well, what are his bona fides? Nobody, nobody, that's. Louisville's one of those jobs, man. We do get to put our nose up in the air in basketball a little bit. Uh, you don't just get uh, – the, the coaching job at the University of Louisville basketball is not anybody's birthright. I'll say that, okay? Um, you earn that job. Absolutely. I'm just saying that the more I think about it, I get why people are so adamant because at this point I, I feel like it's kind of like when you're in an argument and somebody makes valid points against your your position, but you're so dug into it, you know, yeah. that you might not necessarily argue tooth and nail, but you're not gonna you're not gonna concede your point. And I do think there is a lot to be said for we got to get one of our guys in because he's gonna open up doors for the rest of us. If he makes it, we all make it. And, and, and I'll say this: I think that we will know something very soon if Kenny Payne is not the head coach or is not the momentum's not growing that there's a deal that's going to get done if he, if that's not done by the time we speak on this radio show next next Saturday fellas then I will say that this thing is about to get very interesting because I think that Louisville's probably going to lose Tuesday or Wednesday in the ACC tournament. You have no faith in your team. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? I know. <laughs> they could do it. In my opinion, they're going to lose in the first, the first or second game, okay? And then at that point if 
I think that Louisville has already done their due diligence with the search firm to figure out if Drew or anybody else they want to talk to, um, Musselman included, uh, any other coaches that we may not be thinking of. Of course, Mick Cronin Mark uh, is, is, a, is a name out there. Mark Please Jackson is, is a guy that we want. Bill but, you know. <laughs> Please but, not Mick like, Cronin. Louisville is going to ha- – at this point, as of today, as of Saturday, March the 5th, in the, the year of our Lord, 2022, Louisville knows every coach that's interested in this job. So what you want to do if you're a Louisville fan is watch what happens the next five days. Because if Louisville has an idea or a thought that they could legitimately get the deal done with Scott Drew, and there have been people that I've talked to and that I've heard that say they feel like Scott Drew will take a seriously hard look at this. At that point, you've got to wait for that interview. It's over. Right? You've got to wait for that. So I think that we'll know if there's smoke with this Scott Drew thing, if Eric Musselman literally wants to to move that that way, even though some people think that Musselman might be a little bit of a – too much of a loose cannon to be the the head coach at Louisville. But if there's a legitimate thought that one of these other guys could be interested, then I think Louisville's going to wait. So we'll know if – it's Kenny Payne, or if it's going to probably be somebody else. Now, let me ask you something, Haven. Kenny Payne got passed over, and it was thought to be just a kind of a courtesy conversation before Chris Mack got the job and that he was never never seriously going to be considered. Um, if Kenny Payne doesn't get this job next week, or it doesn't look like he's about to sign a contract within the next week or so, um, and Louisville decides to hold out and interview other candidates, do you think Kenny Payne removes his name from the, from the consideration? That's a good question. Because, you know, like, you know what, there could be hurt feelings over that. If I, if I was Kenny Payne, I would. I would. Because, you know, you also have to deal with the – now, from, from Kenny's perspective, a college basketball, thank goodness, is different than football, where black coaches have a much better shot of getting head jobs in college basketball than they do in, you know, in football. But you have to wonder, are you going to be like like where Charlie Strong was? You know, you're just going to be the bridesmaid forever. I mean, but see, but that's and, the thing, though. He, never, but because, he could have been the DePaul coach last year. DePaul wanted him, and he refused to take the DePaul job. But there you go. That's on him. Well, Smart DePaul. man. Smart man. That, that's DePaul. He, he, he knows better. But, but, here's, but he's Louisville's the only major job he's going to get. He's not going to be the head coach of any major, any major team. That's part of my problem. Nobody is beating down their door mm-hmm. for Kenny Payne. And that's my that, that's yep. my issue, and that's why I'm okay with Louisville taking their time. Is because my thing is, if you pull your name out, where else you gonna go, brother? Well, Nobody wants you. Well, here's the thing, but see, but this also goes to what we talked about last week, and that is the the way college basketball is now. Yes, sir. That next, like nobody knows who that next crop of coaches are. You know, the, the everything next, is up in the air yeah, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the next group of young coaches who's going to take over for. All the you know historic coaches that are now retiring, like like nobody has an idea of who those guys are, and the good coaches like Scott Drew are in programs that are, are not in traditional programs. Right. So everything is in, is in such a flux. So I, I can see why Kenny may not may turn down to Paul and may try to say in the NBA or whatever. To me, it'd be interesting. I mean, I 
I would. Th- I think that he would be foolish to 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 pull his name for consideration if he just wants to throw a hissy fit because Louisville doesn't immediately hire him. Because for if you are that arrogant to think that Louisville should turn down a chance to interview the current defending national championship coach if he's legitimately interested, I think that's just pride. Of course, it's pride. But the, but thing is, like, it's also realizing that if Scott Drew wants to come to Louisville, that Louisville has no choice but. To, but to get Scott Drew, I mean, you don't have a choice. I mean, you have to. If it came down, if they both wanted the job, you have to go with Scott Drew. I mean, you just you yes, know. you have to. You like, have to. If, if Scott Drew wants to, but but I mean, but the, and, but like I said, I've heard that Scott Drew's family, for the most part, is trying to discourage him from taking the Louisville job. Uh, you know, people close to him saying, you know, what, you have a good thing here. You've already won a national championship. Why mess with happy? You know, and that's understandable. Like, why would you want to pick up the, the, the Louisville issues and have to basically take over another program that's uh, having some problems and build that when you already have it built? I mean, Baylor was a one seed, would have been you're a one seed two years ago. Coach, because you're a basketball coach in a football state, baby. Come on to the blue grass. Yeah, be a guy. That's the that's the allure, right? Like yeah, the, that's, that's the allure. allure. It's the same that's... football. It's like if you want to be a football coach, where'd you rather coach? Southern Southern no, Illinois he... University. Or Alabama. Hey, well, no, it's this simple, man. I mean, you mentioned Charlie Strong earlier. No reasonable U of L football fan could go. That SOB left us for Texas. You know, I mean, you were allowed to be mad for like seventy-two hours and make the jokes about not cut like that and all that. But good grief, man! When your coach leaves you for Texas, that's a compliment. Get over yourselves. The same is true if you're a coach anywhere in the state of Texas and you want to, but you coach basketball. You come to the Bluegrass State. That's an upgrade. Basketball is religion around here. You're no longer an outsider. Unless you're that rare person that I thought Billy Donovan was uh, that seems to be really cool with, I can fly under the radar and they have no expectations for me because I'm at a football school. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing. It's funny because uh, we actually have Harold checking in on the Twitterverse at, at R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N. Uh, on my Twitter handle, he says my contribution today. He said, and this is probably goes towards Kenny Payne. He said, make it passe for a coach to remind us how green they are. That that is one thing about Kenny Payne. You're going to have to go through the growing pains of a dude that's never coached before, and that's going to be something that once again, Louisville's going to have to be the on on the job training team for a coach that's never done this. And we've heard Mike Piggy say this 85 times since he took over, and it's understandable. He is a new coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's learning on the job. We would have to listen to that for at least the first couple years under Kenny as he tries to figure out how to coach. Like, is that something that we want to sign up for? Like, you know, like that's one of the things. Yes, he may be able to get dudes, but as we've seen with Kenny, uh, excuse me, Penny Hardaway, you know, just because you get dudes doesn't mean you can coach those dudes. I mean, Penny had two, no doubt, top five players. Memphis is crap <laughs> because he can't coach. <laughs> like, and I understand that Kenny is, a, you know, Penny never pretty much didn't have any experience. But there's still a difference between being the man and being a dude sitting next to the man. Like, yeah, there's still a big difference. Kenny does have a like, way more experience than than Penny, than Penny had. Yes, okay. he does. Because Penny's like walked off the street and was like, "I'm here." Yeah, he was an AAU coach. What's going to happen? <laughs> Do your man. That's right. <laughs> that was his coaching experience. I know, right? No, <laughs> you, know what you can't do that. I mean, no, but okay. So let's so let's break down Kenny Payne. Like pros and cons of Kenny. Some of the pros of Kenny. Yes, I, I believe Kenny can recruit. Yes, I, I believe he, he he is a great recruiter. I believe that he can develop talent. I believe he he can coach guys up, make them better from beginning to end. 
those are two things I, I believe Kenny Payne can do and can do very well. Plus, being a former Louisville player, he understands expectations, um, yeah. and he's going to be in good with the uh, in good with the community. I think would be a big part. Like those connections to Denny Crum would immediately be rekindled. But do you think he wants to put up with the fact that you know it's kind of like when your cousin wins a million dollars and everybody knows your cousin won the lottery, so every family's coming out of the woodwork saying, "Man, put me on." Like Kenny's going to have to deal with that. Like everybody that knows Kenny, because he is a very personable guy. Everybody who's ever been a part of Louisville is going to be reaching out to him asking for and a job. He knows that, <laughs> but the thing is, like, like Kenny knows that. Does he want to deal with that though? I, yeah, I think he does. I, I I think he does want to deal with that because that's a part of being a head coach at the University of Louisville. So I think he wants to deal with it, number one. Number two, I, I think with Kenny, a lot of us have to be like what type of staff that he wants to put together. And I think that will go a long way to, uh, to, to put people's minds at ease as far as what type of coach he'll be based on the type of staff, with the experience, whatever you can put together because – you know, Kenny coached Kentucky forever. He's been in the NBA. So he has contacts. You know, he has guys with a lot of coaching acumen that he can call upon and, and, and bring them on staff immediately. They'll probably jump to it and do it. So, you know, I, I get it. So, I've heard some people, Jeff Goodman included, uh, of ESPN, said that he wonders if Kenny would re- really want to put up with all of that circus around that because he is such a well-known commodity. Um, that there has been some people that have wondered aloud, like if he wants to deal but with all thing, that. Like, what coach doesn't put up with that? Like any coach that gets hired. Yeah, but it's different when you are you know the community and, and you're, I mean, you're, you're like family but, in the community. But, it, but the thing is, is like when when you come back or when you, when you become a head coach, everybody you know is calling you for a gig. It's like everybody like it's like when you're a top athlete, everybody's calling for basketball tickets. You know it's coming. Oh, true, but but I mean, if you if you if you say you hire Scott Drew, Scott Drew already has his whole system in place and all his people in place. So pretty much, he can just basically uproot his guys from where they are in Baylor. Everybody all in the same jobs and move them to Louisville. So you don't have to deal with that as much. With Kenny Payne being not a head coach, pretty much every job is open. So that just leaves a lot of opportunity. Like like Joe, let let, let me ask, like, do you think that's something that could dissuade him from just because it's going to be kind of like every cousin coming out of the woodwork asking for a job that maybe other coaches outside of somebody who's brand new would have to deal with? Do you think that's a consideration for him? I I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's a it's a legitimate concern for everybody else. But I'm sure he's thought this through. You know, I'm sure he's had all these conversations about if you get the job. Well, that's know, true. That's true. He's got. had time. Sure, that's that's a good point. I'm sure it, this this candle's been burning for a while. So if he doesn't have all of his ducks in a row, shame on him. And that says more about his preparation. That's just about everything I need yeah. to know. About <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, hopefully that, you're not right? having to deal with that. <laughs> you know, the, the other question, though, that – that I have and, and that I am concerned about with Kenny because going back to this, everything is rooted in it's a question mark. Uh, how often does it really work when, when a school hires one of their guys? Hardly ever. You know, I mean, <laughs> look at Patrick Ewing up in Georgetown. Chris Mullen at, at St. John's. Clyde Drexler Mullen, at Houston. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. All these, jobs, <laughs> all these jobs that you just assume, like, okay, this is an intelligent person. They were a good player. They know the game. They they played here. They're they're part of the culture. They understand it. Sometimes you need an outsider because an outsider can tell those people when they call and ask for a job, hey, man, kick rocks. 
you know, there's no pressure to to bring in other people and to be and to show loyalty. Well, to me, the question comes down to Scott Drew says no. Who you taking, Mick Cronin or Kenny Payne? All I'll say is this: uh, is, is every Payne. everybody watch the next five days? By if by the Rashawn, time we make a pick quick right now. By the time we come down Mick next Cronin, Saturday, Kenny Payne, make a pick right now. Mick Cronin, ugh, why it has to be Mick? Mick? I know Mick Cronin is the UCLA coach, but I still see Mick as the little bitty annoying, angry dude in Cincinnati. Pick somebody like quick. Mick Cronin, can he? No, nah, man, he's the picking? painting of the screen. <laughs> Who you picking, Sean? You know, I, I, I would rather have Mick Cronin than have Kenny Payne, and, and it's nothing against wow. Kenny, but, but I don't feel like you need to have a first-time head coach. Mick Cronin was trained by Bob Huggins and Rick Pitino. I mean, any anybody anybody who's been trained by two uh, Hall of Famers, like I'm gonna lean toward the guy that got trained by the Hall of Famers. Denny Crum was trained by a Hall of Famer, and we saw how that that worked out. Chris Mack was not trained by Hall of Famers, so let's just remember that, well, fellas. Kenny was trained by Calipari, man. who's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and played against Denny. That's a good point. Probably the best. You know what? Whatever, Haven. <laughs> hey, we're out of here. Wake up 502 96.1 FM. Appreciate you, fellas. And everybody, thanks for all the interaction. We're out of here. Wake up 502.